Hello and welcome to In Line with Nature, the podcast that explains an approach to building that puts the future of our planet first. With me, Hannah McInnes. In this series, I talk to experts about modern day construction, its impact on the natural world, and why the time for change is now. I'll be talking to our series of guests about new approaches to design, reimagining a built environment that's at one rather than at odds with nature. Hello, my name is Sarbajit Banerjee. I'm a faculty member in the Department of Chemistry in the Department of Material Science and Engineering at Texas A&M University. And your speciality, uh, what brings you here to the Closest Forum is? Uh, so I am a chemist who's interested in uh, sustainable materials for construction. Uh, I'm interested in new materials that could change the way buildings are built and change the manner in which buildings operate. Um, I'm particularly interested in uh, local materials coming up with a universal chemistry toolkit that would allow pretty much any type of soil anywhere in the world to be used to build, um, to, to construct a built environment. Um, and I'm also interested in, in automation and 3D printing uh, and, and trying to get away from the shackles of concrete. Okay. So I wonder if I could ask a very general question at the start given where we are and what we're talking about, you've touched on it, but what does the built environment mean to you? Yeah, so the, to me, the built environment includes the communities in which we live, um, the infrastructure that sustains our communities, that links our communities to other communities. And uh, I'm particularly interested in, in you know, uh, how do we take ownership of these communities and uh, learn how to become better stewards. So I understand that you're very focused on and have had a lot to do with introducing a certain type of windows. Yes, that's correct. So uh, about almost a decade ago, we started working on this project. The idea is, uh, you know, uh, buildings, um, a lot of the the solar heat gain in buildings occurs through fenestration elements. So uh, windows, doors, skylights. And we've been interested in coming up with dynamically switchable materials that essentially change their transparency to the infrared part of the solar radiation um, as a function of the outside temperature. So on a hot day, they would, they would change and they would become, they would block the IR part of the radiation from getting in. So it would keep the inside cooler. And then uh, as it cools down, it would switch back and let, let that part of the radiation in. So then you could uh, sort of save on air conditioning costs and heating costs. And um, the uh, the great thing about this, it's a, it's a passive, uh, it's a, it's a, it doesn't need electrical stimulation. It reacts to the temperature it feels. So it can be uh, made of a plastic film and stuck onto existing buildings, uh, retrofitted onto buildings and uh, uh, at relatively low cost. And so it's a solution for, Lots of places where you may not be able to put in a double pane window. It's it's uh, you've got lo- lots of glass. You can just stick on a plastic film and end up uh, saving a lot on um, air conditioning and heating costs. It sounds like it's a good idea for everywhere. Is it in practice already? Uh, no, we're sort of entering uh, manufacturing. We've we've uh, we've figured out how to uh, adapt the films to different climates because every place has a slightly different temperature profile and hot and cold. Um, 
Yeah, we've been especially uh, interested in uh, adapting the films to different climates and in making the films as transparent and visually clear as possible. Because uh, unlike your thermochromic lenses that cloud up when you go outside, this remains really clear. And so this is, I think, one of the most remarkable um, sort of aspects of this invention is that it, it stays completely clear and um, it only modulates the IR part of the solar spectrum, which you can't see with your with your uh, naked eyes. So um, we've been. Uh, this is a, it's especially relevant to applications where you um, want to put a film up, but still make effective use of daylight. Um, so so that's why we've been trying to make these films to be as uh, get these films to be as clear as possible, adapted to different climates, embedded in commercial laminate uh, substrates. So that um, you know, you can just roll this into standard manufacturing processes. So, also presumably, you want to make them as clear as possible because, in making this work, sustainability is your key goal. But how much does it need to be an aesthetics? For a lot of what we're talking about here, is how much it's important that things fit in with the local environment. So, how can you combine those two things, or does one have to trump the other? I think uh, this is a great question. Uh, the smart window uh, idea has been around for a while, but uh, it's been defeated by aesthetics before, by not having the best aesthetics, by having what people call portholing, where you know part of the film will cloud up or uh, haze. And so we've been particularly interested in making sure that um, this is a product that people are happy to use. And you know, the use of daylighting in uh, office environments as such is, is something that um, you know, researchers have shown really improves productivity. Um, so, so we've really been very focused on, on delivering a material, a, a film that um, is not only much more sustainable, but something that people are really happy to use. Can you um, elaborate a bit on what you've discovered in your research about how important windows are to people? Having that window there in an office, in a home space for health, well-being... Yes, absolutely. I think I think daylight. Um, you know, uh, in different parts of the world, we get different amounts of it. But whatever amounts of it we get is precious to people because having daylight inside makes um, makes people a lot more happier, makes people a lot more productive, and um, and it of course saves on on uh, the costs of lighting as well because this is this is also a major cost. Mm. Um, and uh, I think the. Uh, there's a lot of work, of course, going on in solid-state lighting and such and trying to get it replicate the exact natural light, but um, there's nothing to beat the, the real thing. So you said you're working on pilots of it at the moment. What will be the challenges? Is it economically viable to scale it up? Yeah, so, you know, it's been a journey for us trying to get this into the market. And one of the things we've realized is the closer we are to commercial processes, the easier it becomes to adapt. And so um, we've been trying to now piggyback on the laminated uh, glass industry, which has the very standard process. They have standard uh, plastics they use. And, and so that's what uh, there's a startup company that my students started that we're also interested in, in uh, pushing this forward. Um, so we're hoping now that we've worked out all the kinks to get into um, exploring manufacturing and, and uh, scale this up to a point where we can apply it, you know, on a, on a much larger scale. So if everything happened the way you wished it would happen, looking to the future, what would that look like in terms of scaling this up? Where would they be? 
Yeah, so I think if we uh, are able to do this roll-to-roll and, and really just print um, or uh, make large spools available, this should, this should be something that is available in any hardware store or that anybody who's doing a building refurbishment or just wants to, you know, um, uh, do-it-yourself kind of installation, just stick a film onto your window. It should be pretty easily easy to apply um, with, with uh, you know, just the same way as you would put on a, a privacy film or something like that on a window. So um, that's our goal. Um, so hopefully within a, a couple of years, it'll be a across the world, Across the globe? Absolutely, across the globe. I think there's uh, huge needs for this sort of thing in um, places like uh, the Middle East and India and Singapore. Um, there's you know a lot of glass construction going on and uh, there's uh, really a massive need. And especially in some of these places, uh, some of these populations, it's important to keep in mind, don't have access to air conditioning. These are some of the largest growing markets for air conditioning. So India uh, and China, for instance, are very large markets for air conditioning. So if you can, in certain regions, um, you know, make it comfortable so that you can deal with a lower HVAC system or avoid the need for air conditioning, I think that would be a huge uh, savings beyond the immediate operational savings. I think it, it, it fundamentally transforms the way that the buildings look. And one of the things that came up here earlier in a panel that's obviously hugely important is you've mentioned working with manufacturers, you're working in labs and developing this, but do you have to at some point work also with politicians and governments to get these kind of changes through? Yeah, that's a really great uh, point. Yes, I mean, I think anytime you need to do manufacturing, and I'm a strong proponent of manufacturing uh, you know, here, or I mean, in, in uh, close to home, not just outsourcing it um, uh, elsewhere in the world. Um, I think that requires input from uh, government to make sure that um, they're on board. And um, uh, we've been very fortunate, not just government, but also to have a lot of buy-in from uh, the uh, suppliers of the materials, the, all the way from the miners to the, to the uh, folks that, you know, handle, do recyclers of uh Vanadium is, is a compound we use, so this is the metal that is the basis for this technology. And so the vanadium industry has been very supportive, um, which, is, which is really great. As, as In a world of supply chain challenges, um, having uh, the support of this industry has been uh, um, vital for us to keep moving forward. So can I ask you a question about your experience here at the forum? Has it changed your mind on anything? Has there anything really stuck out to you that somebody has talked about in one of the workshops and panels? There's been a lot of different people coming from very different places with very different viewpoints. I wonder if anything particularly you take home with you. Yeah, it's been an incredible cross-section of people. And um, I think two things I would uh, that are take home. One is that there's really underscores the... Uh, this workshop has underscored the, the urgency of affecting, um, uh, you know, real change. The panel yesterday, um, you know, there were some pretty sobering discussions of what's already happening with regards to climate change and, um, you know, how the built environment is such a major c contributor where um, there's relatively little that's being done. Um, so I think that's that came... Um, you know, it's something that we've been thinking about, but it really, this workshop's brought it home for me. And uh, I would say the second point is that I was just really amazed to find so much um, of a network here uh, that of people that are willing to adopt new ideas, mm. um, not just for the smart windows, but for some of the technologies we're coming up with for 3D printing of houses or using locally sourced materials or uh, embedding microplastics. So there's just a huge openness to ideas that I think is... 
um, going to be critical for the future of the built environment. And I, it's great to be able to connect with the kinds of people that are open to these ideas, because if we can't connect and uh, we aren't going to be able to form the networks we need, the support systems we need to move forward with um, original ideas. So how do you make that positive network forming experience into tangible change? I'm hoping we go from here uh, with these connections I've made. And, and uh, you know, there's, it's incredible to see investors here. Uh, there's architects here. There's um, uh, folks that, um, um, you know, have uh, are, are sort of tinkers and, and uh, change makers. And I'm hoping that um, having learned from each other, will know that these solutions exist. Mm. Um, and many of these solutions exist today and that we, you know, we can sort of move this, accelerate this transition by moving through pilot scale quickly and then relatively quickly towards um, manufacturing, wherever that might be. I think, I think the entire um, built environment needs a little bit of an of a acceleration in its adoption of sustainable practices, sustainable materials. And um, I think the connections here have been incredibly valuable to, to enable this. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. That was wonderful. Thank okay, you. Great. You've been listening to In Line With Nature, brought to you by the Closters Forum, hosted by me, Hannah McInnes, produced by Claire Heaton and supported by the wonderful team at the Closters Forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts, suggestions or any questions you might have about the episode. Just send your email to podcast at theclostersforum.com and make sure to tune in for our next instalment.